Game Boys. Hello, Internet, and welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. It's me, Lux, your host. I'm here with my co-host, as always. He's coming to you live from the top of Mount Everest. It's Griffin Davis. Hey, Lux! I don't know why I sound like Santa Claus. Well, Sorry. You know, it's hard to keep the mic maintained in those kind of conditions. Um, Yeah, you know, we're here. We're going to talk about games. We're going to play Slay Delay. We're going to talk Tale. We're going to yak Yu-Gi-Oh. We got a lot to do today. But first, Griffin, how are you doing? We have a packed day today. Yeah. We have a huge day. Um, But before I get too stressed out about all the work we're about to do, like, let's just check in. Let's check in with each other. Like, Lux, how are you today? I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm, uh, I got a friend in from out of town, which is pretty fun. Yesterday, I went to a board game bar to uh, play some board games and drink, and it turned out they were having, like, freelance Dungeons & Dragons night. So it was packed full of people playing D&D with strangers, which I didn't... It was very confusing. Wait, why is it called Freelance Dungeons and Dragons? I don't like, know what it's actually called. It was called Dungeons and Salary based. Like <laughs> it's called like, it was called Dungeons and Dragons season two. And I don't know what that means or what the rules are. I just know that it happened and it was very crowded at, at Vigilante. And and so it was very confusing. And a lot of people a lot of dice getting rolled. Like, I think, uh, you know, like how video games all of a sudden, like, were not, were like cool when they used to not be cool for a long time. I feel like the same thing happened with Dungeons and Dragons recently. Like, if you say, like, in a social setting that you play Dungeons and Dragons, it's like not nerd. It's like nerdy, but like in a cool way. Oh, yeah. Nerd, but board games and D&D have both like blown up that way in like a huge way. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's right. We're taking over, baby. One city at a time, as DJ Khaled would say. Um, anyways, Griff, how's it been on your end? What's going on uh, in sunny Los Angeles, Mount Everest? Man, it is. Yeah, it's sunny up here. Um, it's been good. You know, I uh, I just started playing Nino Kunai 2 and it is so good. Um, it's it's like perfect in every way, except those one weird way that I've never experienced in that. It's just like too easy. Oh, like, no. like everything like the way it looks like the way like all the systems are really interesting they explain them to you well the characters are fun you like like everything everyone you meet and everywhere you go is great like the the way your ui and the way that you get through your items is all like perfectly like made and not confusing or overwhelming but it's just too easy at least so far i'm only like six to eight hours in you crank I hope up it gets the harder difficulty scale um, no, there's no difficulty skill for this game. And like, honestly, I like, I like that. That's, that's cool. They have to patch that in or something. Cause like, I think the game is really, really cool, but it's just a little easy. We'll see. I'm loving it though. Uh, speaking of really cool and a little easy, it's time to introduce our guest for this week. <laughs> um, perfect segue. Yeah. Thank you very much. Griffin. You really teed me up for that one. Uh, he is a comedian. He is a wrestler. He is a performer. He is a great friend, former roommate. It is Adam Serwa, AKA Porky Adam. Welcome to the game boys podcast. What's up baby. Yes. Yes. Porky. Yes. 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 Griffin. Yes. Lux. Yes. All of us. Porky is a really funny stand-up comedian. Uh, I know because I tried stand-up twice, and I was, and he was with me both times as like my my stand-up babysitter. Um, I'm, a, I'm a good I'm a good sober friend, except not sober. One yeah. friend, yes. He's like a, he's like the guy who brings orange orange slices to Bonner. You know, someone's got to do it. We all relate to that. You 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 know. Man, you gotta have orange slices if everyone's doing drugs. Orange slices, whatever that weird pill is that like gives you nutrients. Oh, the B12s. That's what it is. B12 yeah. vitamins. Oh yeah. You can see how much I know about health. 
Yeah. Sure. I mean, look, look, I've been to a lot of festivals and I'll tell you, I didn't need a lot of orange slices or take B12. I just knew that other people who were doing a better job of taking care of themselves were doing that. So I like learned that it's a thing you can do. The second big fact about Porky is, uh, is yeah, is how healthy he is. Um, he's constantly uh, on the internet um, just telling, just telling me about the things that he's eating, mainly from his bed. <laughs> The bed is the ultimate plate. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> the bed is the ultimate plate. A, mem- a memoir by Adam Serwa. That I mean, if we had titles of the episodes, that would be it. Yeah. Um, but that might be a T-shirt now. Yeah, it's worth it. We we'll, we still have to talk to our T-shirt guy. That's right. Internet. We have. We might have a T-shirt guy. Um, and we gotta talk about some design ideas, and that's a really good one. All four people listening got very excited. Hey, yeah, look, t-shirts. we had—I think we had twenty-three independent downloads last week. So. Whoa! Whoa. Count, like, wow, that's that's a little creepy. Actually, I don't like that number. Ever since Jim Carrey, yeah, but Michael Jordan. Oh, okay, all right. Well, we're back at zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it even does. It's a totally fine number. Everyone feels good about it. Um, so I, I haven't talked to you in a while, Porky. Like, how's how's stand up going? Anything anything new down there in Austin? Oh, you know, just uh, running the same shows, doing the same thing, mm-hmm. staying in a lot more because uh, I bought more video game systems. Nice. Which, what are you uh, rocking right now? Uh, right now, I am just deep, deep, deep into Breath of the Wild. Mm. I finally did it. I finally, mm. that was my gift to myself after the last PWR yes. show. Yes. And now like, I was like, oh, I should probably get back out and start doing open mics and remind everyone that I exist. Uh, nah, nah, <laughs> no. Um, yeah. I mean, I, when I, I wasn't going to buy a switch right away, but then the reviews came out for that game and, and I, I, then I spent like five days calling every target and best buy in LA. <laughs> I eventually found out that one toys R us like in Culver city was right, going to have like 12 co- yeah, RIP. Wow. They did me a solid <sighs> last year. I First forgot aim, about that. Now toys R us. What next is dead from our childhoods? But I found out that they had like 12 Nintendo Switches at this Toys R Us and they were going to open at like seven in the morning. I found this out on like a Twitter thread or something. <laughs> uh, I show up and and I get in line and I, and, I, and I get one. But like the weirdest part of the day was like all of us were in line. And then this like it's like six thirty in the morning in like a Toys R Us parking lot. Uh, and this like dude drives by and he's, he's kind of an older guy in a pickup truck. He like slowly idles by. He's like, what are you guys doing? And we're like waiting for Nintendo switches. And he's like, okay. And then he parks his car and gets in line. Like, <laughs> yo, that I rules. I was really I hoping that was the end of the story. Yeah. I was like, I don't think he knew like what they were, but he's like, well, there's a line. So if people are willing to wait in line outside of I mean, Toys R Us for it, it must be good. That's like the operative thesis of South by Southwest. Honestly, is like <laughs> if there's a line, it must be for a good reason. Like people, I was at it's a, a false thesis. It, it, totally. I went to go see all fantasy, everything, the in Carmel podcast uh, at the North door in Austin. And there was like a huge line outside and people kept coming up and being like, what's this line for? And we'd be like, it's for this podcast. And they were like, right. Oh cool. And they'd get in line. And then someone would be like, the power of the line. You need a ticket to get into this podcast. <laughs> and they'd be like, Oh, why'd you let me in the line? It's like, you, went, you just got in the line. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um okay so uh you've been playing breath of the wild yeah, although uh, um, i haven't dropped in for a switch yet i went and got the uh wii u version because it, oh. it was like a it was like basically two hundred dollars less for the exact same game 
Sure. And I did a lot of research to find out if there was a difference. Uh, and it turns out the only real difference is like in Blades of Grass. And yeah, that's I fair. Don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I care about getting high and uh, losing an hour of time just climbing up to the top of a mountain and staring at all the landscape. Porky's here it for the really sense great. of wonder, not yeah. the elaborate specifics. The sense of wonder, and like I'm sure it's still good on the Wii U, but that like that uh, that draw distance when you get to stand on a mountain and like see stuff off in the distance, like it's gr- I don't it's great on the Switch. I'm sure it's still good on the Wii U. Yeah, just- they're basically like the exact same game, just like slight graphical enhancements for the mm-hmm. switch yeah like their programmers are like wizards to just like fit because most games like you can't see that far in my opinion yeah. like, this you can see like it, it looks like the world never ends mm-hmm. well they just do a good job of like however they do it like having it so the shape of things and the texture of things is constant so no matter how far away or close you are there's like a changing profile so that like when you get really far away, everything's still the shape of the thing that it is. As opposed to other games, it kind of just blurs together into like a random lump or whatever in the distance. Yeah, the only time I've really seen anything on like the draw distance, like, oh, I'm going to play this on the Wii U screen because I'm doing something else on the TV. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you just got close to this camp. Oh, hey, there's 15 monsters here. <laughs> Isn't that a fun surprise? No, no, it's not. <laughs> The, there's there's like little moments all over that game that are so great. Um, but back to a little bit more about you. You were mentioning to me a second ago that we can't take our clothes off on this video chat. What's the reason behind that? Oh, that's because there's some uh, legislation that's like uh, that's super anti-sex worker that uh, has so far in the span of a week <laughs> shut down uh, all of the personals on Craigslist. So I get no more of the enjoyment of reading that travesty. Uh, so is this a, is this a local is this like a, a state uh, uh, Texas I, crazy I, I thing think it's or is a this like a, across, thing. across nationwide because also uh, I have a bunch of friends that are sex workers and like their uh, their Vimeos or not Vimeo uh, they're like Venmos are getting shut down they're getting kicked off Skype uh, because like they're now implementing something where if they find uh nude stuff in your cache like you're just fucked so do you think um do you think the system is like constantly scanning for dicks or is it like a system that's like we're watching all of the footage and looking for sex or is like i mean it has to be it has to be scanning for like genitals because i don't think they're spending that much time trying to differentiate what's a sexual nipple and what's like a non-sexual nipple. Sure. Right. <laughs> digital like, like digital scanning, like rendering technology must have come like an incredibly far away. If it can just be like, that's a vagina right there, boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta get that out yeah. of here. Like, so, and that's it's crazy to me to like spend so much energy uh, on that particular form of sex worker that's like not even physically in the same room with someone yeah. else. It seems like the most innocent uh just tame thing that could be happening. Oh no, you're doing a little Skype sex. Oh man, that's really dangerous for the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also feel like that's like how like mad teens like do their shit. Right. I mean, I don't know shit about teens on the internet, but I imagine that like hella teens like put that Mac camera to work. Oh yeah. Teens are hella horny. <laughs> that's like, that's the story of time and how civilization persevered. Is that what this is? Is this Republican legislation against the March for Our Lives? They're like, all right, you want gun laws? No, <laughs> no. more fucking Skype sex, teens. Good luck. Ugh. Hit them where it hurts. Yeah, that's fucking devious. 
Now, I feel like next is the crackdown on Pornhub verified amateurs. That's like, that's the next thing to go. But if they crack down on Pornhub, where am I going to watch my cam rips of Marvel movies? <laughs> I can't wait for Infinity Whores. So your name is Adam Serwa, but we call you Porky. Um, I remember I once I got you a job. Uh, at, and a very I, nice and, and upstanding restaurant. Yeah, it was like a it was a it was like a steak and seafood fine dining restaurant. I got you a job at, and I didn't. I'd been calling you Porky for so long that I didn't realize that like me just calling you Porky like in public at a, in a work environment would like make people be confused and like weird. <laughs> Dude, that's that's really funny. That's the story of my PWR life too. Is that everyone in PWR refers to him as Adam, except for me. And like, I'm running around like you know before a show, like needing to get notes for camera or something. And I'm like, "Where is Porky? Has anyone seen Porky? I need to find Porky." And everyone's like, "Who the fuck are you talking about?" What are you <laughs> At doing? least that's like a bunch of wrestlers whose names are Snake and like in <laughs> crab costumes. Right, and people like <laughs> yeah, people look at me like I'm saying something totally out of place. I'm like, "Where's Porky?" And they're like. Porky, this is an upstanding environment. <laughs> this is a family environment. They're like porking around. They're like, actually, this is true luck seafood. And I'm like, oh wow, back to Griffin's story. <laughs> no one got that. Okay, so um what explain the nickname. Honestly, it's like the most boring story, which is uh the part about it that just makes everyone walk away after they ask that question. In that, like, I was on a road trip uh, from back from Austin to Chicago and, you know, driving for 10 hours straight, having a bunch of rambunctious, uh, fun loving idiots in the back seat. that I'm like, hey, calm down. I'm trying to smoke pot in this car on the highway and I would like to not get arrested. Uh, and they're like, oh, you big old pork. And then that's literally that I got angry. And you know what happens when somebody gives you a nickname, you get angry. It's it tattooed on your soul. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, it just became like, uh, I am pork and pork is me. It's like the, the degree to which this nickname is ingrained is such that we lived together for a year. And probably in the year leading up to it, we hung out all the time and like we're friends. But I probably didn't learn that Porky's name was actually Adam until we were like signing paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Like when you when you're signing paperwork, and you're like, oh, wow, I guess I guess I don't ever ask you questions about your life. <laughs> Wait, you're not 32. You're 19. What? <laughs> hey, don't you talk about my girlfriend right now? Hey, oh, hey. Just, just kidding. It's not. Chup, chup, hey. Yeah. Well, after that killer joke, I think we should dip into uh, the game which Porky brought in, which I was so confused and mad at and then <laughs> so surprised. Oh, yeah, but let's get into a little bit of history about this. Yeah, I'd love to learn some more about this exciting game. Mm. Oh, is that me? Do I have the history? No. No, Thank I wouldn't God. just put you on the spot like that. That'd be horrible. <laughs> Someone like, would have told here you. you. Here you go. Like, just riff and improv the history right now. Um, okay. When was the last time you read a book? The act of reading, popularized by cavemen a millennia ago, has always been a popular form of escapism. But a newer, modern form of escapism, video games, has been considered a rival to reading, with parents and teachers accusing video games of destroying children's interest in reading. 
But what if video games could also be books? Enter the visual novel, a video game that plays like reading a book, popularized mainly by anime in Japan. Cut to 2015, to the shores of New Jersey, where popular game modder Dan Salvato was quietly making a visual novel in secret. The story follows a male high school student who joins the school's literature club and interacts with its four female members. While it appears at first to be a lighthearted dating simulator, it is in fact a psychological horror game that involves heavy use of breaking the fourth wall. Discussing the horror elements of the game, Salvato explained that he was inspired by things that are scary because they make you uncomfortable, not because they shove scary looking things in your face. Two years later, he would release the game to cult acclaim. At IGN's Best of 2017 Awards, the game won the People's Choice Award each for Best PC Game, Best Adventure Game, Best Story, and Most Innovative. This week, the Game Boys write some poetry and maybe even fall in love with Doki Doki Literature Club. And I got a little bit of, uh, this is the uh, song from the game. This song fills me with actual dread still. This is so scary to me now in context. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we'll get that. We'll talk some more about the music in this game, I think, as we talk through it. But um, Porky, you brought this game in. You love it. We love it. We all love it. We're going to talk about it. Why don't you tell the people a little bit about what Doki Doki Literature Club is? Okay. So Doki Doki Literature Literature Club is one of those games that uh, that takes a spin on the whole dating sim genre, which is... uh, a really fucking odd genre. I don't I don't know if there's like a better way to phrase that, like a nicer way, but it's just it's kind of horrifying in like all of its forms. Like I love things like uh like Hatofu Boyfriend, where you just date a bunch of pigeons and like my horse prince which was the worst dating simulator ever (laughs) it was just like do you want to be in an emotionally codependent relationship with two people that don't have any self-confidence we've got a game for you (laughs) and one of them's a horse one of them's a horse with a human face that doesn't right but most of these uh dating simulator games are are like japanese based right it's kind of like a hit thing in japan to do these like weird dating things well because uh the american version is just like a fuck simulator that's Right. Yeah. yeah. And well, in Japan, they don't all fuck for the creepy. first five years, so you're fine. Right. Well, they're all creepy for a couple of reasons, and one of the big reasons they're so creepy is that you meet a bunch of people who are programmed to display a certain kind of personality that's supposed to key you into like what they like, and all those personalities are like to fawn over this player. Right. Exactly. Like you get like you have your like tsundere <sighs> character who's like. Yeah, I mean, I brought you this present, but it's not because I like you or anything. Nah, and they mm-hmm. run away. Yeah. And you've got like your Moe and your Kawaii, like the cuter characters. And you've got all sort of all this stuff going on. Um, and then Doki Doki Literature Club does a lot of that stuff, has a lot of those components. But it also has a huge twist that I think, I mean, you brought the game in. So I think you can have to do the honors of explaining. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll get to that twist in a second. But just talking about dating simulators in general more for a second. Sure. It's like they're 
all kind of creepy in the same way like that the bachelor is creepy that it's like ooh, like in this weird world where you just get to choose a mate like and they're all kind of like trying hard to please you and you're the ultimate decider of the universe like for your love it's like a really weird concept yeah i mean it's a familiar concept to any fuckboy on tinder but like <laughs> it's it's an odd concept to anyone who has a sense of reality yeah because that's not that's not how anything works Right. Right. And what's particularly creepy. It seems like this game kind of critiques just the genre itself, which is why it's interesting. Yeah. Well, one of the central elements, I think, of the genre that it it critiques that we'll get to a little bit is this idea that, like, there's like a right answer to every girl. Right. Like every girl you meet in a dating sim, it's like this is the the right thing and she will fall in love with you. Exactly. Like you're basically answering yes or no questions. Like this girl's like, I love pandas. Do you love pandas? It's like if you say yes, she'll be happy. And if you say no, she'll be sad. Mm -hmm. There's like a built in like right answer to every every possible person. And and it's not like they're hard to find either. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. She's like holding the panda or like riding a panda. <laughs> it's like <laughs> if dating sims had like more nuanced questions that were like you could get them wrong or like middle ground and stuff and you could like work around relationships that way. It might be a more like it might feel less creepy as a mm-hmm. genre. And I still play them. I think they're kind of fun, but yeah. um, they might have a little less of that stuff attached to them. But instead, it's very like there's a right answer. You can win at this girl or that girl and you just choose. And that's like a pretty weird. Right. Dynamic. So which is interesting of why they all like a lot of the newer generation of these seem to fall into a uh, line with the virtual novel setup because like you have all like everything is plotted out for you to go over a linear structure in order to like you have a girlfriend and instead Doki Doki is like a very good book that fucks you up right in the middle of it and then you can't so, put it down. So we have to assume over. that no one has played this game and most people probably still won't after this. So we should just get right to like the setup and the spoiler so people aren't confused about what we're talking about anymore. So Porky, do your thing. But but flag it. Big time. If you have any interest in playing this game, and maybe you really go, should, and you should maybe go play it. It's really short, and then come back because we're going to spoil the fuck out of uh-huh. this game. It takes like four to six hours, and like eight if you spend the appropriate amount of time, as I did, screaming in horror and like giggling <laughs> at how clever it is. Well, Porky, explain what you were screaming at. And what made you giggle so hard? Like, let's talk twist. Well, uh, it starts off really normal. You know, you've got uh, you've got your you got your little spindling girl that's really into manga. You've got uh, your goth girl that's really into poetry. You've got the next door neighbor that you've been friends with your whole life that there might be a love thing. You got the really popular girl and uh, it seems normal, seems solid. And then all of a sudden, uh, your involvement with uh, either goth friend or anime friend uh, drives your best friend to kill themselves. And you walk into their room and they've hung themselves. And that's where the first act of the game ends. Well, so, so let me, I'll just hit the grand. I'll just hit the, the big points of the story then. So people know what we're talking about. You're like dating these four girls. It's going well. Uh, and then one of them kills her, kills herself. Uh, and you start to understand through the game glitching and deleting itself and changing things that there is one girl named Monica who is basically trying to delete all three of the other girls so she can be the only one to date you. Um, and it turns into this horror game where she's talking to you, the player, not the character. Um, and even going so far as to dig through your mm-hmm. files in your computer to find your she's real name. Re- and it's really like it's like this sentient A.I 
guy like kind of became self-aware and like decided to take control of the game. Yeah. Also, Griffin, thank you for knowing me well enough to see that I was about to go on a 20 minute ramble. Uh, I treasure our friendship. Hey, that's that. Those are the skills you pick up when you hosted upwards of three episodes of a podcast. This game is a comment on the genre. It is basically it's kind of like um, you. It, it, the reason I was super frustrated with this game was like I, I, I thought there might be a twist, but I didn't know. Like I thought you were kind of trolling me with this game pick like because because it really <laughs> is boring for the first two hours. Like you do very little, but just click next over and over again like you're reading a book and then write some bad poetry uh, and then you like get to oh, no and you get to click some words as if they turn <laughs> into a poem um but the game really doesn't reveal itself um for or the twist for a very long time uh, and what felt like too long for me what do you guys think it only took it only took me like i really didn't uh i knew that there was a twist at some point because like there was a, a whole flood of articles back in october that were like this game has a huge twist and i just like didn't read them so i knew that something was gonna right. happen uh but like it seemed like fun and cute i'm like all right well i'll just piss away this time because i wasn't gonna do anything mm -hmm. else yeah then once it gets into uh sayori i believe like once she's like oh i have depression i'm like oh these characters have actual personalities now i'm interested they start sneaking it in and then 15 minutes later Oh my God, what's happening? Right. Yeah, for me. So this is my second playthrough of this game. Um, and the first time I played it, I totally didn't have any issues with the length of the front end. Um, but like I said, I play the dating sims. I find those games kind of fun and they can hold my attention for a little while. So like it took two hours the first time and I was totally fine with it. This time around, it did feel kind of long because um, I was like, I know something's going to happen. I know I'm in this part. Everything, knowing what happens, like everything I'm doing now doesn't mean anything. Like I'm just like dicking around, killing time. And yeah. it did feel a little bit long. I actually, to be totally honest, set the tech speed to super fast and put on auto for a while and then like went and smoked a cigarette mm -hmm. and like read my book for a little bit <laughs> and then came back and it was like, want to write a poem? And I was like, yep. And I was like, right. Because actually I would have no problem reading, reading for two hours if, 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 if like plot and story were moving in interesting ways faster. Like uh, so often in this game, you're clicking through, okay, like, like little tiny asides even is like what you're clicking like, through. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be like, assertive. like just like a normal <laughs> conversation of like, hello, like let's start the club. Okay. Here's the poems takes like 10 minutes of like asides and like little things. And it's just like, it's not as interesting as like if you read two pages in a book, you know? Well, that's true. But I think that, uh, like Lux was saying that that is like kind of the general speed of a dating simulator, there is nothing actually interesting sure. happening. So it kind of has to time. camouflage itself in, in that, in that yeah. pace. That's interesting. Yeah. It's suckering yeah. you mm -hmm. in. Yeah. It's definitely doing that. And then also to be fair, um, once you, so after you, after your friend commits suicide, the game deletes your saves and resets itself with your friend never having existed in the universe. Yeah. Right. And the second, when you play through it in that part, it makes a lot of callbacks to those references, to those like asides and weird little mm -hmm. moments. But because, the game's like glitching out and haunted and evil now. All the asides are really dark and fucked up. Very so like, aggressive. So like the way it sets this tone of like, oh, um, hi, how are you? Uh, cupcakes, yeah. please. 
like then it comes back and it's like my dad will stab me in the throat and it's like no, okay. there's, there's a, there's, all of a sudden all of the meaningless lines have attention to them you are right like like yeah. the second yeah. you start playing through it like you're just you're waiting for it to pop and it could come out it could come from anywhere like I remember like I turned to one character and she just stares at me and then her eyeballs pop out <laughs> Like that was a great moment because it really did surprise me and came at just the right time when I didn't expect it. They really like mastered the the unsuspecting jump scare in this because it wasn't like, oh, no, a zombie just popped out from a door. It's like, oh, you're having a conversation with someone. All of a sudden, their eyes turn into like squiggly black like scribble balls and they're they have a human mouth that won't stop talking. Yeah. Even though there's no dialogue being shown on the mm-hmm. screen yeah or it does they also did really cool compositional things too where like you'd have a conversation it would like zoom in slowly and start to dutch the angle and you like don't notice it first oh man and then after like four or five lines of it slowly moving and accentuating that you look back at the screen you're like wait a second i'm way closer and the ceiling is like 90 degrees rotated what's happening here um in yeah, a way that i think is really like- really impressive and the, that game is just really smart at like finding every single possible way to like like you said in the history like just make you really uncomfortable so we have the girls we have sayori who is your next door neighbor girl who's uh, and then we have the mm-hmm. youngest girl who's kind of a brat and, and has a hot temper and then we have Nazi the shy team. girl who knows the Yuri. most about poetry but is very shy That's and then we have team leader um which is monica, which is monica. and he's a real cyclops a real cyclops <laughs> monica we slowly learn is the one that's deleting the game and corrupting it and she has become sentient she knows she's in this dating simulator um and she's kind of doing whatever she can to like escape the monotony of her world um so like on one hand she's like murdering these people but like she's she's like trying to survive and and trying to escape this like horrible prison so like i all of a sudden was like way on her side um and and i thought that was really interesting it's interesting it's interesting how they can like create a character that is so like in one aspect very Mm -hmm. evil but then uh, once it gets to the third act of the game, when it's just you and Monica, just Monica. OK, like, the part where the game resets and the text comes out that says just Monica, like is <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, amazing. and she becomes that. like a really sympathetic character mm-hmm. during like, that. And it's like, oh, what? yeah, because the one warning you get when you open the game is it says warning. This game is not suitable for children due to like disturbing images. It's the only hint that there might be something wrong with this game. Like when you start it up right because then it goes like pink and white and the song starts playing and it's like but then once the game glitches out it like refreshes after like monica has been screaming just monica and it just comes up with the words just monica and it's just so perfect <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty incredible the game like and like the way that monica becomes empathetic is really a huge part of like this game's like criticism of dating mm-hmm. sims or like it's like analysis because it's like what she's doing is scary if you assume that it's natural for all these women to only want to like be in love with you and like live this like life dedicated to making you happy mm-hmm. but yeah she's like no that's bad which is a totally reasonable position for her to take but also at the same time she's like killing people it's like she's like a pretty good complicated villain she's a real eric killmonger <laughs> a really good complicated villain <laughs> um but no, she, it's, it's really fascinating because it, it does a lot of her evilness hinges on the assumption that like the status quo she's working from is good. Mm-hmm. And like, I think the game makes a really good point of being like, 
no, it's right. weird. It's not just the scary things, right? It's the degree to which like the girls get personal about specific mm-hmm. details of their life that aren't yeah. good, that very much different from a dating yes. sim. Like it, you'd all right. Well, here's a good question, really quick to deviate. Like, which women, which girls did you guys like pursue endings with? So, can uh, you even pursue goth, endings so, with the girls? Like, if you get the same girls' poem over and over again, you get you do like different oh, stuff. Oh, okay. So, like, I got I was Natsuki in the first section, then Yuri in the second section. I was all Yuri all the uh, time. I was all Yuri too, Yuri. yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, at one point you can get Natsuki talking about like her relationship with her mm-hmm. father. Um, yeah, which is uh which is v- the most realistic thing in a dating sim <laughs> possible. Yeah, but it's exactly the thing a dating sim would never talk about. Like you'd yeah, never have right. a character be like, I'm cheerful and fun, but also my dad beats me and there's no food in my house. Oh my God. And it's like and it's like, yo, that's fucked up. But like, you never have that a dating sim because that's like too real. It like breaks the illusion of like these like perfect women competing over you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not that it's like a character flaw of hers, which is like too much of a real. No, thing. it's just it just makes her like an actual person that you would meet in the real world and have to be like, oh well, yeah, let's let's help you through these emotions because that's part of what dating is. Uh, most dating sims are just like these girls don't have emotions or personalities outside of you isn't that special aren't you sweet sometimes they're sad and you can make them happy or they're happy and you can make them (laughs) double happy Um, yeah i yeah i continually was like so pissed with the first half of the game and then so surprised at the thoughtfulness in the second half of the game um and, and and so like just to then like get into like kind of how this game ends, which is this really crazy meta moment. Basically, um, Monica reveals that she is kind of trying to take over the game. She gets rid of all the other girls and deletes their files from the directory and then just sits in this new room with you. That's like in space in the cosmos somewhere like out the windows or like weird stuff's going outside, but you're just in a, li- a living room and she's just like, Oh, well like, let's just stare into each other's eyes now. Like now that's just you and me. And listen to this piano composition that I made for you. Yeah. That's why I was late to all the meetings. So I was making it for you. Yeah. And so it's really creepy and she just stares at you and talks to you over and over again. And this can go on forever. You just sitting and talking to her until you yeah, it goes on until you delete the game until you file. have to go into the directory file. she offhandedly mentions in one side comment that if you would go into the directory files and go to character folder and delete monica like she wouldn't be happy uh and i thought that was just like a joke or something so i actually sat there for like 25 minutes like maybe even like maybe even longer just like going through these conversation with her on this weird creepy long cosmic date uh and then i deleted her and then the game like fixed itself yeah it's yeah. that's crazy well sort of right you well, get sort the, of, then you got the the creepy sayori and mm-hmm. creepy sayori and then there's also like i think it was if you like well let's get through the order let's start with the creepy sayori ending first yeah. before we get to the act the, 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 the perfect ending so the creepy sayori ending is you go back in and basically what you learn monica's gone the other girls are back um, and what you kind of learn is that whoever is president of the literature club, like gets this curse of autonomy and sentience basically. And so it ends with Sayori being like, I want only you. I want only you. I want only you in the same way that Monica was doing. Then Monica's like weird ghost 
shows up, up. And is like delete the file yeah and just like shuts down the game and deletes the file yeah and the only way to ever replay the game is to like do a hard reset or delete it and reinstall it it's like the game completes yeah. itself which is a really interesting thing i think yeah and then you get a perfect ending which i know you have thoughts about and also i think you're the only one of us who's actually gotten there so uh, you thank can explain you, it internet tutorials uh <laughs> it's complicated and for all those youtube videos that are like here are all the endings for those of you that don't have uh, about a week to play through this game five different yeah. times. <laughs> uh, but in the perfect ending, uh, there is basically like no... I think Sayori is still like president, but the curse is broken. And she's just like, okay, we're going to write poetry and we're all going to be friends. And she like, plays like a regular dating yeah. sim. Actually, I believe that it stops right there. It's been a while since I like replayed it after getting the perfect ending. Word. There's like a there's like a note from the creator that says like thank you for playing the game or something. Yeah. Right. Like like talks about his issues with like the dating sim visual novel genre. Yeah, and he actually he's on record saying like he kind of has a love-hate a relationship with anime uh, and like these weird, like over sexualized uh, drawings of, of, of these anime women. So it's really interesting oh, to just like te- mostly teenage girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who it's hard not to have like, I mean, I'm a I'm a big old anime Lord and I certainly have a love hate relationship with the genre. It's, it's confusing and full of stuff. Um, <laughs> I know you had, I, I know you had some big thoughts on like the perfect ending Porky that you texted me about. I don't know if you still want to talk about that stuff. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, preparing for coming on to talk about it since I was going to do another playthrough, but then Breath of the Wild is like, no, I'm your girlfriend now. Uh, it's, I'm Monica. I just, yeah, just want to quickly note that that's two shows in a row where Breath of the Wild's been so good it's like fucked up a segment. Yeah. Like, it ruined play it to let it delay oh, it last God. episode because it was too good and Griffin just didn't give sure the other games. And then... <laughs> It's, now Borg is like, I was going to play the game for the podcast, but I was too busy playing Breath of the Wild. Like, that game is so good, it's hijacked our show. <laughs> but, uh, so I went through and watched a bunch of, uh, a bunch of those, like, recap videos. Of course, like, the ones that are about how there's, uh, there's a secret element in the game's code, uh, that, like, people on the Doki Doki Reddit have pulled apart and found out that these might actually be characters from another game that got transplanted into this world and that's why they gain autonomy and like lose their shit because they're actually part of some sort of government mind control uh, psychic cannibal thing that Yuri actually references when she's talking about her book with like the big Illuminati eye on it. Uh. But one of the videos brought up that like there's a clear... uh there's a clear ideological perspective in the game that uh, is like very meta modernist. And the more you look into the, the perfect ending, it actually kind of sets up uh, that Monica's like crazy scheme is uh, versus the perfect ending is a very good like point counterpoint for how things have gone in the postmodern era of entertainment versus uh the meta modern shift which also you've lost me like 10 seconds ago 
I think basically, <laughs> I was just like, okay, postmodern, metamodern. For, for audiences who don't like live in this world with it, that Porky and I do, like postmodernism, right, is this idea. I'm the resident idiot on this podcast, so uh, that's okay. But oh, you're so pretty, no, yeah. And you and I, you to be fair, we trade off being resident idiot. Today is just your, <laughs> this is just your day. Like it's not you know not a uh, not your fault. But so basically, postmodernism is this idea that like art doesn't need meaning to have value, right? Like it was invented by by architects who are describing Disneyland, right? That's where yeah. postmodernism as an idea comes from. And so the sort of idea in context of this game is that like Monica being just like your girlfriend, even if she trapped you or whatever, is fine because it has the symbolisms that matter. Right. Whereas Sayori represents the more metamodern shift, which is towards like content mattering a lot more than the form itself, which means that like Sayori is actually nice and good. So perfect ending is getting away from evil kidnapped women and getting into people making choices because they're good people and not horrible space monsters. Yeah. Monica represents like the the latent pessimism of postmodernity that's just like hey uh, everything's terrible and uh, let's cannibalize everything into something else and then Sayori represents the the switch to the metamodern which isn't really a philosophical perspective it's more like trying to watch something that's happening as we're breathing right now which you know that can only go as far as you can like uh What's that word that starts with a P that we were just talking about? Philosophy. Uh, yeah. Uh, you were sorry, searching guys. for the word philosophy? Yeah. Okay. Um, I just hot potatoed the resident idiot thing to you. <laughs> <laughs> I am smart and dumb at the same time. It's, um, uh, I was surprised at just how much I did relate to Monica. Uh, like, I, I related not at all to the main character this this guy with well, no personality that has no, four women wait, that like throw themselves at him I like found i did the main character very relatable not because women throw themselves at me but because he's constantly complaining about how he just wants to stay home and watch anime <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's a side note but for my actual point lux was that like uh, i didn't relate to that guy because it's just like a weird like fake situation just to like ha- like have like just to be the only man in a room where four women are like throwing themselves at you is just like but Weird. Be my waifu. That's <laughs> yeah, like um, honestly the most important like, question. Anyway, <laughs> I, th- I think like the best stories are like defined by their villains, and like this villain was so good and so complicated, and I want and I and I and I want it was like an episode. It was like a it was like a really good episode of Black Mirror. Basically, this 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 the whole thing. Yeah, yeah that's a very compressed right. You know, like just like oh, like sentient AI fights back against the system that's patriarchal and horrible. Like seems pretty great. Um, yeah, and and like like Porky was saying about this like postmodern thing, it's like also a very Black Mirror in the sense of like. Monica is this like just compilation of references and shit and like this ironic like monster and then Sayori just is like this like pure sweetheart and like I think we live in a world now where like we're pretty much over being hyper ironic because like things are just bad. Yeah in the perfect Um, ending Sayori actually knows everything. Sayori is aware of everything that you went through in the multiple playthroughs of the game to get uh, to take out Monica from being like 9,000 level evil uh, and instead is like hey it's really good that you did all these things you're you're a decent person thank you we're all going to get to live like happy normal lives yeah I don't know if I like that ending as much well, I mean, I just think it's <laughs> I just think it's a good like commentary on like the the value of like sincerity and irony like in in the world yeah. we live in. Yeah, cool. Um, well, uh, I think we talked enough about it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to go into our ratings. 
My name's Pelfrey Belknap, and I love a movie. But here's the thing. Every time I watch a movie, at some point or another, I have to pause it and go to the bathroom. Or worse, leave a theater mid-screening and find my way to the water closet. So what have I done? Well, I've started a movie theater of my own. Belfry Pelnast's Toilet Town Theater. Every seat is a toilet. You just, when you need to, unbuckle your pants and slide them down and do your business in the dock of the theater and... Uh, they'll be silently destroyed by particle accelerators. It's a perfect way to watch a movie and never have to leave your seat. So come to Belfry Pelnap's Toilet Time Theater and enjoy the show and enjoy the toilets. Now enjoy the Game Boys podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody. We took our break. Now we're going to rate some games with uh, with Porky here. We're going to talk Doki Doki Literature Club, wrap this one up. Uh, Porky, the way we do this is... You rate the game one to five joysticks and give us a little synopsis, your final thoughts. Um, and since you're the guest, you're going to be starting it off. Uh, well, for Doki Doki, I'm going to go ahead and uh, slap that five joysticks all over it because like, I loved it. I uh, I did not move from the spot that I was sitting in for the entirety of the game. Whoa. And that's like that's the, I I didn't even go out to smoke cigarettes. Wow. I mean, I still like hit bowls in my bed, but like, <laughs> but that's because I was in bed. Where that's because the eat. bed is the best plate. Like, yeah, bed <laughs> is the ultimate plate. Sitting in my plate. <laughs> I was but, laying like, in my plate. <laughs> I I really haven't had an experience that like fucked with my head and my heart as much as like Doki Doki did in the span of five to six hours. Maybe since like Silent Hill in terms of a horror game. Ooh, good. Yeah, good. Good call, Griff. What you, or Griff? What you got? You know, I was. I felt trolled by this game. Yeah, you really did. Um, I got some texts to that effect. Um, <laughs> until the until it got good, uh, but the first two hours were a little bit of a slog, unfortunately. Uh, and, and what was otherwise like a very unique and singular uh, experience. Um, I do wonder if just the nature of trying to get people to play this game spoils it because you kind of have to say, don't worry, it's going to have a twist. And that that, is like, true. I, I feel like 90 for 95% of people that are going to play this game, go into it knowing something is going to turn. Um, I, I do like, feel like that does kind of water down uh, the existence of a twist in a narrative. If you know it's coming or know it exists. Um, I don't know how else though this game would exist. And I think it more than satisfies like other than that, like I think it like makes up for that by being so interesting. So uh, tonally uncomfortable um, and just like surprisingly deep at times. Uh, so it's a 4.5 out of five for me. Yeah, I'm actually going to go the same 4.5. I think it executes what it's trying to do pretty much exactly perfect. There's nothing interesting about the mechanics. They're all incredibly straightforward and pretty boring. The beginning's a little bit slow. So it just doesn't feel like it explores the video game medium as much as you'd have to do to get a 5 from me. However, it's a pretty much perfect send-up of the dating sim genre. And it's a, it's a fucking rules. And what it's a nice pick, and What a yeah. great pick, man. Like, it. That was, it, was super, it was super complicated. It was a lot of feelings. Well, yeah. great well, you know, there's a lot of games that you can pick for like a podcast that take fucking 30 to 40 hours to complete. Oh, yeah, uh, no, we know. None of us have that time. <laughs> yeah, no, we're acutely aware. Um, actually, I think this is the highest rated game we've had. because I think this is a 14 total. 
And I think the previous high was 13.8 on on Suikoden 2. Yeah, I think it deserves it. Um, Yeah, I think so. I think it's probably the best game. But now let's move on uh, to a few segments, starting with my favorite. I mean, everyone's favorite segment. All of our podcasters love this segment (laughs) the most. It's Talking Tale, where I ask people, have you played Undertale? Porky, have you played Undertale? Yes, I've played Undertale. Yes! I've played Undertale. Uh, I've gotten uh, two of the endings so far. Uh, I've gotten the Destroyer ending, and I've Mm -hmm. gotten like the mid... the, the regular like middle of the road ending. Uh, I also bought the soundtrack package because holy shit, everything about it is great. Oh man, we've got a real tail talker on the pod oh, today. Yeah, we talk tail. We're talking tail. What <laughs> we're was talking about? So someone we've... who Google's Undertale vaporwave. Okay, like yeah. All right. Wait, what, what's what's what is that? Oh, it's vaporwave remixes of Undertale songs. It's great. Go look into it later. It's okay, fun. perfect. We'll have to play some of that. Uh, maybe. Undertale, I've talked about the Destroyer stuff, you've talked about the Pacifist stuff, we haven't had anyone who's played the middle of the road ending. Oh yeah, why would you do that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because I made a mistake. <laughs> I made a mistake and it wouldn't let me change it. <laughs> oh my god, you that was so you said that so sad. You were so upset. Because what I didn't I didn't even like put any real research into it. I just had a couple friends be like, this is great, and it's it reminds you of like all the games that you played as a kid, and the music is fun and it's sweet and beautiful. And I was like, okay, cool. And then you get that like first that first boss and you're like oh okay i fight this boss and then the little sunflower is like hey you're an asshole and then you're an asshole for the rest of the game no matter what you do well i mean that's kind of life that's that tragic life. that's life and that is talking tale all right and then the segment segment everyone's favorite segment carries on into our next segment which is yak and Yu-Gi-Oh. porky how you feel about Yu-Gi-Oh? we're doing yak and Yu-Gi-Oh. okay oh boy <laughs> um listen i uh i'm not that uh well versed on Yu-Gi-Oh. uh and by well versed i mean i know that it involves cards and a guy who wears a cape well, that seems like about as that seems like scratching the surface enough for Yak and Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was Yak and Yu-Gi-Oh this week. Um, last week very robust. This week very shallow. Um, I was I was always on Pokemon and Digimon. I never there just wasn't enough time. Oh, Digimon! God, I love. Oh, I mean, Digimon digital so monsters good. are the champions. Yeah, have you guys played the um, any of the new Digimon games? I don't even know they were still making Digimon. Oh, they're games. so good. Digimon Cyber Sleuth. I feel like they're constantly like unadvertised. They are. Cyber Sleuth was like a really great JRPG with like a ton of crazy creation elements and stuff that like no one but me played. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that was our two use, uh, two uh, useless segments. Uh, now let's go on to the game. We're digging Digimon. Well, what about your? Uh, didn't you have something you wanted to do? Oh, um, I was going to do some one star steam reviews of the game, but all of the one star steam reviews are just like, I'm mad. I couldn't have sex with the girls. Oh, <laughs> yikes. But so that's I didn't really think that was super play helpful. Had a full boyfriend. You one star weirdos. You can it's fuck like, a pigeon. You'll be happy. Well, <laughs> that seems like a real. Okay. Let's okay. Let's have a segment <laughs> where Porky calls in and talk shit on steam reviewers. Yeah, okay. So one star Steam reviews definitely seems like a segment we should bring back, even if it's not for this one, because everyone's perverts. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone's perverts this time. Yeah, so not, not for this game, but for a game in the future, we'll do that. But we do have a segment that everyone loves. It is everyone's favorite, the game we play on this show every episode. It's, <laughs> boys and girls, it's play it, slay it, delay it. 
Woohoo! So Porky, the way this works is I'm going to give you three games. You're going to choose one to play, one to slay, and one to delay. Oh, fantastic! It's not it's not analogous to fuck Mary Kill. There's not like it's, delay does not equal Mary. Our last yeah, that came I, up in our last episode, and that's a really good explanation. I'm glad you brought that up, Lux. As I was going <laughs> to avoid the the is this fuck Mary Kill because it felt uh, it felt disrespectful. Yeah, no. I just want to get it cleaned up. I want everyone to know what's going on. I just want to know glad why. You're, you're cl- I'm glad you're cleaning it up by mentioning. <laughs> Look, I'm just parting the kimono, honestly, and letting the people see what it's really like in here. Mission accomplished. Anyway, now we're back in the mix. So let's go. I'm going to read you guys the names of the games and the ad copy from their websites or from their Amazon write-ups, and you will then tell me which ones you want to play, slay, or delay. So here we go. Cool, cool. Um, today's theme is going to be visual novels. So we start with Fate Stay Night. Out of all the visual novels on this list, Fate Stay Night is the highest amount of action scenes. Its, pilot, its uh, plot is centered around a battle royale called the Holy Grail War. The Holy Grail can grant a person's wish, even one that transcends time. There are seven participants, and each of them get a servant with unique powers to assist them. The different servant classes are Saber, Archer, Lancer, Caster, Rider, Berserker, and Assassin. Each servant is based on an ancient hero such as Hercules slash Heracles. Even if you get the most powerful servant, you can't simply go in and out in the open and start fighting. Lots of strategies involved to win. Next, Stein's Gate. 5PB and Nitropolis present the time travel adventure that started it all, set in Akihabara, the mecca of Japanese anime culture. Stein's Gate follows a group of friends who accidentally invent a method of sending messages to the past. Their discovery plunges them into a world of conspiracy and shifting timelines where the push of a button can change the course of history. Now fans can experience the original Stein's Gate version with a full English translation. Interact with your favorite characters and reach endings not seen in the anime. The choice this is yours. The choice of Stein's Gate. Stein's Gate is copyright 2009-2014 Mages 5PB Nitro Plus. And finally, Song of Saya. From premier visual novel studio Nitro Plus and Madoka Magica creator Urubuchi Gen comes a tale of loneliness, insanity, and a love that transcends all bounds. Enter the world of Sakisaka Fuminori, a medical student who receives experimental brain surgery after a traumatic accident. He survives <laughs> his lack of warped senses that perceive the world as a hellish wasteland of pulsating flesh and twisted monsters. Ugh. Into this world comes Saya, a girl who is the only thing that appears pure and beautiful creepy rhetoric can you, <laughs> can you and saya escape the nightmare that surrounds you a seminal saya is hot horror. but doesn't know it yet <laughs> yikes can you and saya escape the nightmare that surrounds you a seminal work of horror and occult fiction in the novel visual medium visual novel medium all right gang what you got play it's late delay it porky you're our guest you go first bud. all right well uh whatever that first one was that i already forgot the name of i'm gonna slay that one because that just sounds uh really complicated and annoying and i don't want to put in the effort for that uh so fuck right off <laughs> Um, and then it gets hard because, you know, I love time travel. I also love, uh, Maduka Magica and, you know, horrific monsters based on what we've already talked about today. Yeah, I mean, this Uh, is kind of a... This Doki, is, Doki, is, Doki Doki touches those. This two is really like a coin flip type situation, but I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, I forgot the name of the second one. Steins Gates time travel. Stein, I'm gonna have to go. Gross one. I'm gonna have to delay uh, Steins Gate just because, like, just like time travel, you can do it whenever. It's fine. <laughs> and I'm gonna have to go <laughs> fair for uh, the song of Saya. Yeah. Uh, mostly a because it sounds like uh, because Saya sounds kind of like Soraya, and I'm in that legend of zelda obsession phase so like that's cool and uh also i really hope that uh putting in she seems like the only beautiful and pure thing in the world is the hint of a twist (laughs) 
So like that's that's my play. That's right. fair. So for I'm gonna go look at some weird monsters and hope that it's not just like a template lady. Well, no one can blame you for that. I'm gonna slay the weird, creepy, hot, pure girl game. Um, I'm gonna de- <laughs> I'm gonna delay the Hunger Games battle royale game, and I'm gonna play Stein's Gate because it sounds like a fun story, and I've heard a lot about it. All right, I'm actually gonna do the same as Porky, which I didn't expect when I made this list because I'd heard a lot of good things about Fate Stay Night, but Song of Saya sounds amazing. As soon as I heard pulsating flesh, I was in it. <laughs> so that's number one. And then, yeah, I'm going to delay Stein's Gate just because, like, I have seen the anime and it seems really cool, but I've seen the anime. And then, yeah, Fate Stay Night, just like next to the other two, just seems like total bullshit. <laughs> like, it sounded cool when I got that was the first one I pulled for the thing. And I was like, this sounds cool. It read like a like a bad iPhone game. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like an RTS that like also just has a lot of reading involved. Yeah, which honestly, I like this. But anyways, speaking of a lot of reading, we've been doing a lot for this episode. That's a bad segue. But the point is that we are so done wait, here. Wait, wait, you were reading while doing this podcast? Yeah. Is that oh, why no, it's so I got bad? What you meant. It's yeah. You're it's using you, gay slang. Oh, well, I was not. That would have been way more clever of me than what I did. Oh, that's um, OK. I'll give you credit. I just for meant it, that honey. Doki Doki Literature Club has a lot of reading because it's about <laughs> books. Anyways, yeah. thanks for bringing that game on, Porky. Yeah. Like, you know, it's my pleasure. It's it's really hard to find people to talk about the game with because as soon as you say check out this dating sim, people are sure. like, mm, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah, even dating sim sympathetic people. Um, but Porky, <laughs> tell the people where they can find you if they want to get more of you. If they, have, uh, if they need more pork. Where can they get the content? You can find me on Facebooks. As Adam Serwa, I accept all friend requests unless you have Nazi imagery because that makes me uncomfortable. You and you me, and me are Brooke. fucking crazy. <laughs> Both of you are saying add me on Facebook. That's fine. Whatever. That's where I talk the most shit. Uh, the place where I talk the <laughs> second most shit is on Twitter. Uh, you can find that at pork underscore lion. Uh, and then you can come out and see stand up in Austin. I got two shows, uh, Finite Jest, an open mic and spun out a comedy game show that runs once a month at the Mohawk. We don't know when the next date is, but you know what? We'll I'll post about it on Facebook. That sounds great. Um, I guarantee it. Yeah. And, and also can... come to Party World Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go. Another Party World wrestler. We didn't mention that you're another Party World wrestler. I touched That's on it right. for a second, but he very much is a, 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 a classic staple of the show. I uh, I am a little grapple dandy. Yes, I am. That's Were me. you in that ESPN article? I was yeah. in that ESPN that's, article. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And now my dad has to be proud of me. Gotcha, <laughs> fucker. <laughs> Uh, you were you were a joy to have on the podcast, Porky. We'll definitely have you back very here. soon. All right. Yeah, that was a fucking blast. This is great. Griffman, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, as always, shut up Griffin on Twitter. Uh, fourth Sunday of every month at the Pack Theater. I do some sketch comedy. Um, and on this podcast. Yeah, at Game Boys Pod on Twitter. You can find me at ML Surfboard on the tweet. Uh, Wisecrack on the YouTube. Subscribe. Check it out. We just did a bunch of gaming videos uh, a couple weeks ago. So you're there's stuff that y'all like if y'all are deep in the gaming world. But anyways, that's it for us. Uh, I'm Lux. That was Griffin. We're joined by Porky. And we are out of here. Goodbye, Internet. We love you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Donkey, donkey! (laughs) 